0: A beautiful name and just as we are preparing to share with you this morning and to share our hearts with you I really believe that the message that we have to share this morning um, goes with what we've been worshiping and singing about and the powerful name and the victory that we have and and when we spend time with him this is how we push into that victory And so as we go to start this morning, I just want to pray as we open up this time to share with you. And and again, welcome to our home. We're delighted to have you with us. And I love seeing all the chats and seeing how you're interacting with us. And so let's just take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you for the technology that you've given us. That Lord, in the times like this, we can still gather together. we We can talk together. We can encourage one another. We can share with each other. And Father, as we sit in your presence after worship, Holy Spirit, I pray that you have just brought peace to so many people. That Lord, there's some that their minds have been running and racing with just um, thoughts and not sure and panic and, and stuff like that. And Lord, we just pray right now that Holy Spirit, your peace, comes over them in the name of jesus christ it yes, comes lord. over their homes in the name of jesus yes, father i pray for marriages and families just yes, to be restored lord. even this morning mm-hmm. father for husbands and wives to look at each other with a fresh um love for one another yeah. and they need to see their children in a new way with a fresh love and passion mm-hmm. and lord i pray right now that as we turn to your word and we yeah. share from our hearts that First off, you hide us behind the cross and let our words be your words, <laughs> yes, Holy Spirit. Speak through, through us. And I pray for everyone listening and, and for ourselves that you give us open ears and open I hearts know. to hear from you, Holy Spirit, to challenge us and to change us. Yes, let Lord. us leave here encouraged, but also challenged. In mm-hmm. the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, again, another week done of quarantine, right? Yes. Yeah. So I don't know how everybody's family is doing. Maybe you should look around and do a checkpoint. Are we okay? Are we still loving each other? (laughs) I don't know about you, but um, one thing that we never did in our families uh, much um, was we kind of had like this rule that during the week, we wouldn't watch any TV um, as a family. Um, We had music, we had sports, you know, crafts, whatever, do your homework, you know, focus on what's important. And on the weekends, we could have fun. And so we would have movie nights. But because of the quarantine we've been able to throw in um some extra movie nights and that has been very exciting for us and one thing that we did um last year miles had read um like he had started reading he didn't read the whole thing but had read the narnia series we love the narnia series and we have friends of ours who love the series too so i don't know if you've watched the the series on tv or you've um read the books um, but we didn't let emma watch it because we yep. just thought it'd be a little bit scary for her and so this year she said um i want to watch the narnia series too <laughs> and so we started re-watching them just like a couple of weeks ago yep. so if you don't know what the series is um there's four kids peter susan um edmund i always call them i don't know what i call them i don't call them edmund but i got it right this time edmund and lucy and they get sent away from their parents during yep. the um during the time of war because their country wasn't safe and so they get sent to their uncle's house and they're trying to find things to do so they play some uh, hide and seek yeah. and lucy doesn't know where to hide so she finds this room that just has this great big thing covered and she pulls it down and there's this huge clothing wardrobe yeah. and so she finds her way through it and because she's just a child and she's got this child like faith she is able to unlock Um, the mystery of this wardrobe that shows them that at the back of it it's um it's it it leads into this wintry scene which is actually Narnia and so the whole thing kind of evolves that she ends up bringing the the whole family there and they end up being able to help the Narnians get regain their land back against the white winter witch um and I love the fact that um C.S. Lewis actually was uh, an author of, like, more than 30 books. He wrote Mere Christianity. Such a brilliant depiction of, like, um, of Christianity, actually. So here's the lion, Aslan, and he represents um, the lion of Judah. And the way he talks to her, she has such an intimate relationship with him. Then there's the witch, actually, who represents Satan and who's lying to Edmund and, like, trying to, like, get him in with all of his weaknesses. Um, So I have a question for you this morning before we we even continue. If you've been able to watch this um, movie, we watched it on Disney Plus, or if you've read the books, what is your favorite character? Okay. So in, we'll just get the the conversation going. So what is your favorite character? We've got Edmund, we've got Peter, we've got Susan and Lucy. Um, We have the Beaver.
0: We have Tom, Thomas,
1: Tom, Tomness, Tomness. Tom, something like that. Yeah.
0: We have Aslan.
1: I, I know, right? We have... Uh, the little guy
0: who The is... little mouse guy that's a, a, <laughs> a soldier that's just crazy. So good. Um, yeah, there's so many of
1: them. Yes. So if you <laughs> look at the mouse, Tom yes! <laughs> I'm so glad that so many people have watched it. If you haven't watched it, you really need to watch it. And so one thing that we've never done, though... I didn't even know they had the third one. Right. And so the um
0: The Voyage of the Dawn the Trader. Voyage
1: of the Dawn Trader. And so it, we watched this one actually just this week. And it was so awesome. Um, so they so Prince Caspian goes, um, Edmund goes and Lucy goes, and this time they're at a different place and they're with their annoying cousin. And so they all get, you know, thrown through this this um picture frame and and here they are, and like, and they can't understand where they are. They're trying to figure it all out, but um, they find themselves at like this Narnia or whatever. But this mysterious green fog representing evil yeah. has taken captive and like made their loved one disappear. So they go away on a boat, and they all of a sudden disappear. And so Prince Caspian and Lucy and Edmund and the cousins decide we can't allow this just to happen. They can't take our loved ones um, captive. So we are gonna go into this dark, evil place, creepy place that nobody else would go into. And we're gonna take back from captivity the people, um, our loved ones. And so I love the fact that I think, like the first one was just incredible. And it just shows just how much um, power that, that God has and it talks about salvation and all that stuff but this one really showed um kind of the the life of Christianity I felt like um because here's people being taken captive and then here's um you know these guys Prince Caspian and Lucy, Lucy and Edmund and they're like we can't allow this to happen and we're gonna we're gonna take them back and I feel like that so depicts christianity that there is this war that is being waged all around us all the time most of us are actually just kind of sitting around hoping today that's going to be a good day yeah. right we're going to like hope today is going to be a good day hopefully there won't be an attack on our kids yeah. hopefully um there won't be an attack on our marriage hopefully we're going to get along today <laughs> hopefully in quarantine we are going to all get along as a family Hopefully our car is not going to break. Hopefully nothing's going to break in our home. Hopefully our, t- our belongings aren't going to get attacked. Hopefully, um, um, maybe, maybe if God opens a door, we might get to witness to our neighbors, or we might have an opportunity to serve somebody. Maybe if God opens the door, yeah. but I feel like that kind of living is so, um, on the defense, it's re it's reactive. Yeah. It's reactive to whatever it's, it's hoping, but I love the fact that in this movie, it depicts how we are supposed to live. We're supposed to live a life of offense. We're supposed to be going in and taking back the captives.
0: I think we have to realize, like, I obviously love sports. And Mm -hmm. when we think of sports, um, an offense is so important. Because an offense is where we score the goals, we get the points, stuff like that. And I know some people will say, like, I I will say it's not the defense that scores. Now, sometimes the defense will score and stuff like that. And then there's people that will say the best offense is a good defense Mm -hmm. or a good defense is the best offense. You only say that when you have a poor offense. And so I I mean that, like, I understand the thought process of it. But if you don't push on offense, you're not going to score. You're not going to win. You're not going to gain ground. And so I think it's so important that if we want to have progress in our life, if yeah. we want to be moving forward, we right. have to have an offense pushing forward. And why we do that, um, because here's the thing. I've watched enough hockey that the New Jersey Devils, they used to, actually, now that I say that, it's probably in the name, but no, the New Jersey Devils, they started playing what everybody called the trap. So they would get ahead in points and then they basically hang back on defense. And when they hung back on defense, they would just make sure that the team couldn't get into their end to get the puck. They'd skate over the red line, fire it back in. And then they'd wait. It was so boring to watch. And I believe that sometimes in our Christian walk, we find it boring because we sit back on defense wow. and we're actually not pushing forward to see what we can do on the offense.
1: That's that's such a good point. That wasn't even in our notes. That was a free one. That was awesome. Um, going back to the voyage of the Dawn Trader. Yes. Um the minute that they decide to go on, on offense and take back the people that had been taken captive, they started getting attacked yeah. by the things that was their weakest area. And I feel like it's so important to be self-aware. Yes. Like we need to be like, if we had two minutes here, we actually want to shorten down our messages so that they're not like over an hour long. Um, but if we add a couple minutes and maybe this is something you want to do later is take a couple minutes and God ask God, show me what is our, what is my biggest weakness and post it somewhere where you remember that, no, this is, this is the enemy coming in to, to kick me up, to, to get me down because the enemy is always, like he said, he he prowls around like a lion. And I love how actually Narnia depicts Jesus as a lion because he is the lion of Judah, but he prowl, but the enemy prowls around, um, he, he's just waiting for that moment where our defenses are down and maybe we haven't been on offense right. and he can just come in and he can get us um and i love the movie because it kind of illustrated really well a whole bunch of different weaknesses that these people have which we relate to yeah. there's lucy who just wanted to be more beautiful she wanted to be somebody else she wanted to be like her sister then there's edmund and he was um uh tempted by the money but what it or like the goal, but what it actually represented to him was power. Right. Like nobody will kick me around. We can't go back to, you know, poverty. I want, um, I want to be in control of my life. Um, then there was wanting the approval of man. There was money in itself. Right. Yep. There was the lies that you're just not good enough. Um, but then the thing that they feared the most was going to happen. Right. Um, and that was a really big one um but it was such a brilliant depiction of how the enemy comes at us but matthew 26 verse 41 says watch and pray lest you enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but our flesh is weak and that's why we're talking about this today we're talking about the fact that the spirit And God is always wanting to help us. He is there, he's ready, but he's like, you've got to be on the lookout. You've got to be watching and you've got to be praying. Watch actually means look at or observe attentively over a period of time. Um, In Greek, it actually says, be, it's the Gregorio, be on the alert, be awake and be vigilant. So Chad and I, just a little while ago, you had a a couple prophetic words over you. Um, And I had a dream and I woke up that night and all I heard over and over and over again was be vigilant, be vigilant, be vigilant. And it, and it was so resounding that I needed to wake up in the middle of the night and um, get into the dictionary and go, what does this even mean? What does vigilant mean? And it means to be watchful or alert for danger or some other kind of trouble. Vigilant can describe a person in action,
0: right? I think when we think of village vigilant, it's to be in action, it's to be moving, it's to be doing something, it's to be paying attention, be watching. Um, and for me, then the I always like to figure, out, okay, what's the if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, what's the opposite of that? So yeah. we can figure it out a little bit. The opposite, if, if it means like, okay, be active, be vigilant, be watching. Well, for me, the opposite is sleeping, right? Be sleeping, be kind of lazy, be. Mm-hmm. Lazy maybe is a harsh word, but lazy just be kind of chilling and like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. And it's so interesting because um Ephesians 5, 14 to 20, it says this wake up, sleeper. Mm -hmm. So interesting that you jumps from that to rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days Mm -hmm. are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which Mm -hmm. leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit Mm -hmm. speaking to one another with songs and hymns and words of the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving to god the father for everything always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ Right. So we're supposed to wake up. We're supposed to be paying attention to how we live our lives, mm-hmm. making sure we're not stepping into sin. Mm-hmm. And then it's really cool because Matthew in the, uh, Matthew 26, it says this, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Right. So if I'm not watching and if I'm not praying, mm-hmm. I will fall into temptation. Right. right. And it's so interesting because in this movie, when this green fog shows up and there's parts of these movies that look creepy and look weird, but if I really think about demonic attacks, they're creepy and weird. And so I have to filter it through like, Oh, those, those look demonic because they're supposed to be demons. Yeah. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and then this green fog shows up and I'm always intrigued because what it's doing is it's not attacking everybody the same way. Mm -hmm. So the way it would attack you is different than the way it would attack me because it knows your thoughts? What are your weaknesses? What do you desire? And then what do I desire? Mm -hmm. And so it attacks that way. And so we have to be watching and praying, because we'll fall into temptation. And so I love that this movie shows it. And it shows them, um, as it comes in, it doesn't, I don't even know, like only one or two of them actually trip up into their sins, the rest of them stop it yeah. But even before they stop it, it pulls them away. It distracts mm-hmm. them from achieving their goal. Mm-hmm. So even though we don't fall into it fully, <coughs> yeah. or maybe we don't jump into it, yeah. it's still that fight of distraction. Right. And when temptation, it stops them. And so Isaiah 61 verse 6 says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. So I believe as I'm watching my life, as I'm making sure that I'm not giving into sinful things and I'm protecting, I'm praying, I'm being vigilant. I'm watching all areas of my life. Mm -hmm. It's not out of fear. It's out of protection. It's out of guidance. Um, When I play sports and I play defense, and I'm watching, or even when I'm on the offense and I'm watching what's going on in the play, I'm doing that not out of fear, like, oh, my goodness, they're going to score on me. No, no. I'm looking for their weaknesses so I can attack and get through. Mm-hmm. And so as we do that, we have to realize that we are supposed to be free right? and releasing others from yeah. a life of captivity.
1: Yeah. And so when we give into temptation, it's not like, oh, I'm a failure. God doesn't love me anymore. We're actually stopping ourselves from living in the fullness of what God wants us to do. He just doesn't want us to live happy, um, go lucky, you know, lives just so that we, everything can be good. It's, we can be free so we can free others.
0: Yes. It's so important.
1: He wants us to live on the offense. Um, And before I even move on, I love the fact that I'm going to ruin the story. Okay. I'm so sorry. But this cousin, he actually gives in and he turns into this dragon, but What I love is that even though he gave into temptation, God was able to turn that around and he was able to still use him. And so no matter where you have fallen or where you have messed up in the past, God turns that around. And and when we repent, he gets us right back up. It's us who actually stay feeling like we have disqualified ourselves. But God sees us and and he's the one that we get um, our our salvation room. He's the one who forgives us. He's the one where we get forgiveness from and we can't do it on ourselves. So when we mess up, get right back up because we know who God is and he wants to still use you. Right. But, um, I think that so many of us stay in defense and not in offense because we actually feel like it's easier to stay there, but we don't realize that the risk um, and we and we're afraid of the pushback. We're afraid of the risk involved. We're like, as soon as I take one step forward, man, I just feel like <clears throat> I end up four feet back because of, you know, the enemy coming in. And some of you maybe have felt like you've wanted to take or you have taken steps forward and you've given up because you feel like the enemy just comes in and wipes you out at the knees. Yeah. But I feel like there is so much at stake when we choose to stay in defense or when we choose to, to live a safe life. You know, if you have kids, our kids are at stake. Yep. You know, our family members are at stake. There's, you know, we are at stake yep. because, you know, we've said a lot lately, like there's no sitting still. If we're not moving forward, the enemy is able to come in and just take us out and um, and leave us actually more captive than we were before. Um, and I believe that God wants to come in and he wants to, to set us free so that we can set others free.
0: 100%. And so today we're actually going to talk, talk about um, spiritual warfare and how do we gain ground, not just hold our ground. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for us. Mm-hmm. We've we've learned for so long to hold our ground. Now yeah. we need to learn how to gain ground. Yeah. And so many people live lives on defense mm-hmm. um, and something sometimes like something happens or bad happens when we begin to pray and fast yeah. and so like sometimes like yeah. my life all of a sudden like oh something goes wrong and i'm like oh i need to make sure i pray i gotta fast i'm right. to really start reading my bible and to spend some time with the lord well i almost feel like it's too late and it's not that it's too late but what if we started living life from the proactive way right so it's not like now what do i do right right like it's almost if I think of my car, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, it broke down. Maybe I should get an oil change. Well, right. what if I got oil changes regularly right. to help keep it running? Yes. And so if we live a life where we're prepared, <clears throat> then when something comes against us, we're actually ready for it. And we already have the habits yeah. of reading the scriptures. We have the habit of spending time with the Lord. We have power uh, for the life of intimacy with the Lord right. in us. And so we fight off. Yeah every attack of the enemy because we're already walking in it and
1: this is not a season to live in in defense
0: no this is a
1: season where we don't know what's happening from one day to the next we don't know what's going on i want to be connected to the vine and i want to be be already having certain habits and disciplines and um connection well being intimate with God so that no matter what happens I'm ready and maybe he's even going to tell me in advance what's coming my way
0: well and that's the thing sometimes um we've actually had prophetic words over us yeah. of like this is coming be prepared yeah you need to act. You're going to have to do this and this. And it was stuff that we didn't want to do. We're like, man, I don't want to do that. I think that's going to hurt somebody. And then we begin to pray into it and we begin to move different things around and like, okay, let's get better at this. Let's work on this. And we're listening to the prophetic word and we're working and praying through it. And all of a sudden it never happened. Right. And I remember seeking some wisdom from some Doug prophets. Schneider. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. I remember Pastor Doug said to me, because I said, like, what do I do with these ones? Were they not accurate? And he said, well, tell me what you did after hearing them. Yeah. And I said, well, we did this and this and this. And we worked on that. Like I said, we moved some pieces around. We prayed really hard. And he said, some prophetic words are warnings. Yeah. And so, therefore, if you listen to the warnings and move and do what God is telling you to do, it's not that they don't come in yeah. because it's an, a warning. It's a yeah. it's a negative thing that because you've made the changes, the negative thing didn't happen.
1: Well, you can pray and you yeah. pray against it, right? And then that that ushers in the presence of God to move for you on your behalf.
0: One hundred percent. And so mm-hmm. I love how when we move on to the offense, when we prepare our lives, yeah. we're ready for what comes up to us. Yeah. And the disciples and Jesus encounter a situation from two different sides one's prepared one's not we can guess that jesus is prepared um but in mark nine where the disciples they they're out doing ministry and they're healing the sick and and they're casting out demons and they're ministering to people and sharing the gospel and all of a sudden they come up to this young boy and the father is like you need to help my son he's demon possessed and it's just hurting him and doing all these things and so the disciples go to cast out this demon but they can't. Right. And they get confused because they're like, what is going on here? And all of a sudden Jesus comes walking along, sees the commotion and, and finds out what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Jesus just casts out this demon. And so later the disciples are wise. And like, this is, a, if you hear this, you're like, I get why they did this. It says later, privately, they go to Jesus and go, what, what just happened? Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but like, what just happened? Why could you cast out the demon? We couldn't like, I'm sure they realize he's the son of God, Mm -hmm. but we've cast out all these demons. What just happened? Mm -hmm. And Jesus says this to him. They says this time cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. Mm. And the amazing thing here is when we hear this, we realize that Jesus didn't come up to this. Yeah and realize, Oh, this is this type of situation. Right. I'll be back in a week. Right. He immediately sees it, address it, cast the demon out. And then the disciples go, "What just happened. And so the understanding here is that Jesus Mm -hmm. lived a life on offense. He lived a life of praying and fasting. Right. And so that's living a life on the offense. It's being prepared, not on defense Mm -hmm. or reacting to a problem that's right
1: yeah um so we have three points as to some things that we can set up in our lives on a daily basis that helps us to live in the offense and so the first one is prayer and the word Mm -hmm. so first thessalonians 5 verse 16 to 18 says rejoice always pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you um then Psalms 104, this is how we get into prayer. Yeah. So it says, enter his ga- gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That thought of pray without ceasing has always kind of blown my mind. Like we are like, how do I carry on a conversation? How do I go to work? How do I, how do I live life if I am supposed to be constantly yeah. praying? And, um, you had introduced me to a man named brother Lawrence, who was actually a practicing monk. Yep. Um, but he actually, um, wrote a book, um, on practicing his presence. So he was actually a Christian. Yep. So he wasn't a practicing monk. What you no, was he
0: was he? a monk, but they still believe in practicing and talking and praying with the Lord. Right. And so he just wrote this book, practicing his presence on, on continuously praying to the Lord. And he wrote this book, like, man. I think it's almost 300 years ago. Wow.
1: And he said that talking, that praying without ceasing was actually just talking with God throughout your day. It was, it was just considering what God would want, um, having conversations and then listening for God or, or watching for God. You know, I love um, vacation Bible schools. If you know, you sent your kids to vacation Bible school, I know that when we ran them, there was always the um watch for God moments, you know, and the next day, did you see God in your day? Are you actually watching for him? But I think that's what it means to be praying, constantly having a God consciousness and um, having conversation, walking about your day. God, what do you want me to do today? But I think that there needs to be a time where we pull ourselves away and we connect with father God. Um, Jesus demonstrated a life of this. He constantly pulled himself away. Everybody needed him. Everybody wanted him. There was constantly needs around him. And his di- disciples would say, there is a, there's a town waiting for you. Right. Where, where is Jesus? Where did he go? Like, how can he leave their needs behind? But he would retreat yep. and he would find some private time with God so that he could reconnect with his father because he said, I can only do what, my, what I see my father yep. doing. If you're not spending any time with God, how do we even know what that day to do, right? Right. Um, But Isaiah 40, verse 31 says "But they that wait (coughs) upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. If when I think of, of, um, the fact that this is saying that you're going to renew strength. That when we spend time with God, you know, you're talking about opposites. What's the opposite of that? Exhaustion. So if you're finding yourself exhausted or you're finding yourself like, I just want to throw in the towel. I just can't do this anymore. You need to ask yourself, have I waited on God? I think there's a difference between, I I say it every time, checking off your list. I've done my devotion. That's not waiting on God waiting on god is is bringing whatever you've got all of those emotions and just saying god here i am and i need to hear from you and then he comes in and he brings his anointing and his holy spirit and he fills you with strength and he speaks to you and he has communication with you and he and he interacts with you and he fills you up with his peace and his strength and that's when I know that I can continue on. But then there's times, I think, when there's that, um, it's still active, but it's a little bit passive, like I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm listening, I'm praying. And then there is more of a demonstrative, um, action-based prayer. Um, and when we talk about spiritual warfare, um, there is... Um, a scripture that says in ephesians six twelve, for our battle is not against flesh and blood right. but against the rulers against the authorities against the world powers of this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens and this is when we need to have our listening prayers but we equally need to be taking our authority that Jesus has given us yeah. we he says that he has set you in heavenly places that you are a child mm-hmm. of God that you are inheriting everything right. that he wants to give you that it belongs to him in he teaches us to prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your will be done your will um, be done on earth as is it is on what my god it, as it is in heaven he wants to to bring what heaven has to earth, and we are actually the vessels of, of, of partnering with him and doing that, so how? Do, what does that look like? It means sometimes physically standing up, taking your stance, and standing on the word of God, and standing on the promises of God, on the scriptures. Sometimes for me, this means that when I when I just sense, you know what, I might feel that something's coming, or we just need to do on a regular basis. So we're in offense and not defense to what might be happening. But saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, I have a question for you, and I'm going to give you a few more of my own. But if you have a scripture that you stand on, I want you to share this because I want us to edify each other. How what are some scriptures that you stand on that are promises that you cling to that you don't know where you'd be without them? But they're the ones that go, No, this is what God says. Yeah. Um, as you write them in and you can encourage each other, some of the other ones are Isaiah 32, verse 18. My people will live in peaceful dwelling. Yep. Amen. Amen. Especially in four wells in quarantine when we're spending too much time together. We are living in peaceful dwelling places in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. That means we're sleeping. That means there's no more sleeplessness, no more nightmares, no more disturbances, no more disunity. We are in peaceful places. Right. Um, You know what else that means? Is that as I declare that, I look inwards and I say, Father God, show me places where we have um, lived in disunity or dishonor for each other. And you find out those places where the enemy has, you've given the enemy a foothold and he can come in because there's unforgiveness between you and your relationships with other people. Or maybe um, there are things in your life where you've just allowed the enemy to come in. What are those places? And close those doors. And then we stand on the word of God and we thank God and we repent, but we thank God for his forgiveness. And then you have a foot to stand on because you have authority in Christ. Then there's Proverbs 333. The Lord curses the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the upright. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says no weapon formed against me will prosper. Yes. It says actually in this scripture verse, no weapon formed against you will succeed and you will refute any accusation raised against you in court. This is the heritage of the Lord's servant and their righteousness is from me. That means that when the enemy wants to lie to me and say, oh, look at your pastor, you're just a dirty sinner. I say, no, I I have repented and my righteousness doesn't come from what I have done, but from what God has done. And I believe that, you know, what I kind of missed it, but Bill Johnson has a quote and he says that when I let distance from between my heart and God's heart to come in. So that means just not staying connected with yeah. him, not staying connected with the promises of God. I have to fight to get back to God to find peace. Right. And so just to close in this one, I want to set up a discipline of praying, of being in spiritual warfare, because when I let that distance come in and then all of a sudden the enemy comes in and he hits us up, I actually have to fight to get back to a good place rather than starting from a good place and going, all right, I'm coming in with an offense here.
0: It's so true. Like we have the power of the word and we have prayer. And then a second thing that we have is fasting. I know this is the one that most people don't like. And Mm -hmm. it's because it is hard it is um defeating our flesh mm-hmm. our flesh is strong right and if you don't know how strong your flesh is you just start to fast right and you begin to realize like man why is this so hard yeah. and because i know people that will fast okay. for health reasons uh, right now the big thing out there now is intermittent fasting and so people will <laughs> go a long time um, in between <laughs> meals and through the night and stuff like that and they'll fast that way you good you're all right the tea's good. Tea is great. See it's if you so... notice, I've been drinking coffee, not <coughs> choked once. Tea. This is what happens. Drink coffee. Um, so I'm
1: so
0: sorry. That's all right. <laughs> On
1: track again.
0: Um, and so, as we go to fast, we realize that we can intermittent fast, yeah. and we do all of these things, and it's challenge, but it's not super difficult. And then I've confessed many times, like I can go a whole day without eating. It's just the way I function and I can do that. And then, but all of a sudden, the moment I say, okay, I'm going to fast. Like even now I talk about fasting, mm-hmm. I can feel my stomach <laughs> getting hungry right now as I'm sitting here. That's true. And so I can feel this and I realize that we have to be careful. Like as we do this, it shows us like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's challenging. But Jensen Franklin, he says this prayer and fasting were a big part of Jesus life. Right why should it be such a small part of ours wow if jesus needed to fast how much greater is our need to fast yeah and it's such a reminder for me like if the son of god for him to live here on earth and do what he was called to do was Mm -hmm. had to practice fasting Mm -hmm. oh my goodness yeah how much more Do I need to fast? Mm -hmm. And it's such a regular part of Jesus' walk that he assumes that the disciples and us are doing it. Because as we read in Mm -hmm. Matthew 6, when Jesus is instructing us on how to pray the Lord's Prayer, you were talking about it, he jumps down to, he finishes in uh, verses 9 to uh, Matthew 6, 9 to 15, he's doing the Lord's Prayer. And then immediately in verse 16, he says this, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance for they disfigure their faces and they make appearance of men being fasting assuredly I say to you they have they have their reward but you when you fast anoint your head wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in a seat who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. Right. So it's immediately like Jesus does this whole, here's how to pray and when you fast. It's not if you fast. Right. It's not saying maybe you should give this a try. Maybe you should try this. Give it a shot. No, he says in verse 16 and 17, right. when. Wow. This is something we should be doing.
1: Right.
0: And if you want to fast, um, you want to fast not just from food. This is really interesting. I was reading this um article and it talked about this and it was like if you're fasting also fast from wicked deeds and it mm-hmm. was like whoa just this eye opener not that any of us intentionally do wicked deeds mm-hmm. but it says like fast from wicked deeds do not let any evil enter your heart mm-hmm. and so we have to realize that when we're fasting if i do a spiritual fast and i'm like okay i'm gonna fast some meals or i'm gonna fast from this i'm gonna fast from that and I'm gonna spend extra time with god but then when I've done that, I intentionally go and do something evil. Now I realize all of us would say, well, we don't do anything intentional, but there are moments in our lives where all of a sudden something happens and we, we are tempted mm-hmm. and we know in our minds mm-hmm. in this moment, I should walk away. I okay. should go do something. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't click on this. I shouldn't do whatever I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but then we go ahead and do it.
1: Right.
0: I'm sorry. I've had to own this in my own life. And so I'm going to say it, When that happens, you have intentionally stepped in Mm. because we've given in, we sit there and we go, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm not supposed to do. Oh no, I Mm. went and did it. And so in those moments, when we're fasting, this article was really, really clear. It's like, when you're fasting, don't do these things. Cause what's the point of a spiritual fast, if you're just going to go and do this. Mm. And so it's this tension, but when you're fasting, when you're fasting from a meal, when you're fasting from different things to get spiritual is to be very paid very close attention to your life to make sure you're not doing evil deeds because when we give into sin yeah. this is where we give the enemy a foothold in our lives yeah and when the enemy has a foothold that's where he can come in and attack more and more mm-hmm. and even in the voyage of the dawn trader um the, the green fog that showed different temptations or even the t- temptations that came up as they were going, mm-hmm. it was all there because the enemy knew their weaknesses. And right. that's where he tries to get a foothold in our lives. Right. And so when we fast from food, we have to realize it is a biblical discipline and we should be doing it. Right. Just as Jesus did it, we should be doing it. Yeah. And so here's what I'm actually going to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to ask all of you, all of Bethel, to take some time and to call you to a fast. Mm -hmm. I'm calling the whole church to fast with us. Mm -hmm. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a long fast, but but here's what I want to talk about. I want us to fast as we go into and go through the EHS series, the Emotional Healthy Spirituality, because I believe for us to become spiritually healthy, um, we're going to go through some spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And with that, I want you to be ready. And so I want us to begin fasting tomorrow. I'm going to give you a chance just to go, what am I going to do? But we're going to fast from January 25th to March 25th. Mm -hmm. I realize that's two months, but the study is eight weeks. And Mm -hmm. so as we spiritually fast through this, it's going to build us up. And it's not only don't just fast for yourself, but pray for everybody at Bethel who's going through this series to give them strength. Because as we fast, fasting is spiritually good for you. It helps us, uh, refreshes us. It refreshes our our dull spiritual senses. And it will help us. It will strengthen our (laughs) self-control. It deepens our humility. And it renews an attitude of gratefulness to God, our provider. Mm -hmm. And it brings a keen sense to his presence. So we're going to hear from him clearer. And again, I love Jensen Franklin's book, The Fasting Edge. And he says this, I pose the question that if Jesus could have done what he was sent to do on earth without fasting, why did he fast? Wow! And it's such a great question. Like if he could have done it without fasting, why would he do it? Mm-hmm. Why would he fast? And yeah. so for all of us, we need to take a time to fast. And so yeah. I am, I'm calling the church to a fast. I'm asking mm-hmm. you everyone to fast and choose. It can be one meal every day that you're going to fast for the next two months, yeah. Yeah. or it could be one meal, one day a week that you're going to fast. That decision is really between you and God. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am calling you to a fast and I'm asking you to fast with us. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you're supposed to fast. And we're going to concentrate on living a holy life as we should every day anyway. And so for us, as we walk through this today, we have um, to be on the offense. We have our faith that we pray and we read his word and fasting, and we have.
1: And so the third one is praise. And yes, I'm the worship pastor, so it's near and dear to my heart, but it's actually near and dear to God's heart. Um, A scripture reference that I use all the time about how powerful worship is. Um, There's King Saul, and um, he's being plagued by an evil spirit, which actually haunted him because he gave um, the devil a foothold in his life. Um, but he would call in David because every time he got plagued with this, he would need David to play his harp. Um, and first Samuel 16, verse 23 actually says that whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, uh, David would take his heart and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. There is so much power in worship and in praise. Um praise and i've I've talked about this in a worship service before this is specifically talking about praise about adoration and i read in first thessalonians before about rejoice in the lord always this is a rejoicing this is um Not just, oh, God, I need a touch from you, but my adoration, like hallowed be your name. My adoration is on you because you created the universe. You created all things. You are powerful. This has nothing to do with me. This is, wow, God, you are amazing. Um, There is something um, so powerful about it that when we actually don't understand it, then we're just singing we're just doing lip service and we're missing the point of it, especially in our worship services. And we're talking in our homes on Sunday mornings too. Right. It's not time to kick back with your teeth, choke, um, <laughs> or go to the washroom or get ready for the word. There's power. You are actually driving back the powers of darkness that right. releases the angels to do battle on your behalf. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the authority to bring in God's presence. I had never read the scripture verse until I was researching for this, um, or I didn't fully get it. Listen to this. Psalms 149 verse 5 to 6 says, Let the saints rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. Psalm 149, 7 to to 9 continues to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. For this is the glory of his saints. Praise the Lord. By worship, we're actually proclaiming the word of God and we're bringing judgment on the kings of darkness and binding them in chains. Here's another one. Psalms 8 verse 2 from the lips of children and infants. So all those parents who are like, oh, this is so cute, you know, should we get them to praise? There is power when they are worshiping. And as children of God, it's so important for us, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Our praise actually silences our foes. So we don't have praise in our church to have big, happy, you know, excited services and to look like we're happy people. We're actually doing warfare. We're we're on the offense. Um, And I'm going to confess even right now that just in the last week, I kind of have reflected doing this message going, you know what, how much have I put on worship and just danced before the Lord and just declared his greatness without having a need? We are supposed to be the worshipers of God, of giving Him glory, of glorifying Him, not everything revolving around us, but just for the sake of worship, of, of adoration of who God is, to live a life of prayer, of worship, of um, fasting, and just a praise of praise, of lifting up God. And in doing just those disciplines, we are actually producing an offense
0: right yeah i think when we when we think of praise as you said like when do i when have i put praise and worship on where i hadn't had a need Mm -hmm. i think of i immediately think of relationships i think of our marriage like if i only came to you and spent time with you and sat with you and and talked with you because i needed something i wanted something Mm -hmm. um our relationship wouldn't be good. right? And so we need to spend time with each other mm-hmm. and we need to spend time with the Lord when there yeah. isn't like, Lord, I need something, Lord, are you going to meet this need? Mm-hmm. No, Lord, I just want to worship you because you are amazing. Yeah, You are an incredible living God. And so as we move forward in this year, we're asking you to fast with us mm-hmm. again from March or sorry, January 25th to March 25th. And it's going to help us go through the EHS series mm-hmm and help you in your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't signed up for the EHS series, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I want to encourage you to go to our website and do that. Mm -hmm. But I also want to encourage you to spend some time fasting and praying. If you're not going to join a small group, still pray and fast for yourself, Mm -hmm. for the church, for moving forward in God, and for all the ones taking the study. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to take a couple minutes in your home, and I want you to share with each other what you're going to fast, And when I realize that scripture tells us when we fast, we're not supposed to tell people. I'm asking you just to tell the people in your home, Mm -hmm. not to brag. It's for accountability. We're going to do this together. And I believe sharing this of like, here's what God's speaking to me is actually going to help us as we move forward. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you take two minutes, share with one another as we share with each other. And we'll come back in two minutes.
1: So father God, I just thank you that you are involved in our lives and that you are always the, the God who is for us, not against us. And God, when the enemy comes in like a fly, you raise up a standard against it. And so, Father God, we just um, ask that you would teach us how to pray powerfully, how to live a life that invites you in, that connects us with you, that that puts us in communion and intimacy with you. God, that's our desire, to hear from you on a regular basis and to live um, a life of discipline so that we can be connected with you. Just like John 15 says, being connected with the vine. God, that we would be regaining our strength, regaining um, that fight to keep going, especially in this season. I think of people who are having hard times. I think of those who who are feeling like I just don't have anything left in me or I can't make it past Wednesday because that's when the depression sinks in. God, I pray that your presence would surround every person in their home. God, I pray that they would be able to feel you in a tangible way. God, I pray that we would be able to stand up in not um, our emotions, but in knowing who you are and declare that on a daily basis. Um, and so, Jesus, we just thank you, God, for what you want to do in our lives. I thank you for the um, series that's ahead of us, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. God, that you would do a deep work in each one of us. God, I pray that your protection would be over each and every home, that as we um, get um, matured up, as we get raised up into the fullness of who you have called us to be, God, that we would make you proud and that we would honor you and we would begin to look more like you. And so we invite you to do your work in us, in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. So just want to, a couple quick reminders. Join us tonight as we're talking about prayer and fasting. Join us tonight at 6.30 on Zoom as we have a time of prayer as a church family. Uh, But you do need to go to the webpage and register for that event because that's where you're going to get the link and the password to join us. And I also want to remind you that right now, you can go onto our website for prayer, uh, Sunday morning prayer. If you need somebody to pray with you and to encourage you and to lift you up, um, go there now and people are waiting to pray with you. And so as we continue through this year, as we strengthen and uh, grow in our walk with the Lord, we want to journey together. So join us for this season mm-hmm. of praying and fasting. God bless you. And thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.